0: This is Nathan. We're just getting ready for a time of humor, excitement, and analysis. So, why don't you get the whole family together and join us for another episode of the Wog Fam Chalk Pod? We've talked about this yeah, before on yeah. air, and I think I cut it then, Yeah. Because it was a bad
1: take. Yeah. That was the Drew episode. Um, one of the two. I know, because
2: I have the clip cut out. And you edit them. Uh huh. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Wad Fam Pod. I'm Dylan Weaver, and I'm Andrew Sabo, and we are here this week to talk about Episode 340, Pokenberry Falls RFD Part One.
2: Boy, howdy, how you doing, Dylan? I'm doing great. Yeah, we're we're here, and I like it. This is a good episode. I think I enjoyed it. It's, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's obviously a part one, so yeah, you know, and it feels very much like that.
1: Yeah, these final four episodes are like the reason I pushed for doing this.
2: I have not much memory because of this part of the show, because this was like too serious for me when I was a kid to want to re-listen it. <laughs> listen to it because I'm like, oh, like it doesn't have a happy ending. So like, I don't I don't really want it. <laughs> is it. Is it
1: not a happy ending, Andrew?
2: I don't remember. So we'll have to find out. Uh,
1: time will tell, folks. It certainly will. Um this uh this episode first aired January 6th of 1996 which is nearly a year after the preacher's kid that we covered last week.
2: Yeah, and he graduated seminary. That whole timeline situation yeah. is well,
1: tough. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it. Um uh it's an episode written by Paul McCusker, directed by Phil Lawler the classic duo and it is track 11 on album 26 back on the air
2: yeah it was a pretty what it's a pretty large jump in the future from the last episode we covered i mean you said how many albums uh two 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 three albums it, it's
1: it's a full year yeah like yeah. in out of show time
2: mm-hmm. and they had that was like Darkness Before I was going to say, Blackard
1: happened in between.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because we were setting up for Darkness Before... Or all the Blackard stuff when we were talking about the last episode because it was on the changing times, mm-hmm. and now we are.
2: Which is crazy. Now we are post It's so cool that that uh, has worked out with something that we've also covered. I didn't think about that when we were... Uh planning for it
1: it's a really rich era of the show yeah because we have blackard we have search for wit we've got the end of the barclays we've got eugene and katrina
2: yeah they were just firing everything with like
1: jack and jason oh like such a good dynamic yeah it's it's a it's a good sweet spot i like it a lot make odyssey great again it's it's very much like a changing of the guard in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways well because this is like the end of odyssey's first family
2: yeah yeah we'll get into it how how i feel about this family and the family dynamic on the show because do we have any uh actors or
1: yeah so we we got a lot a lot here um because we've got a bunch of new characters Mm -hmm. um so our big one uh we have howard morris um, coming in to play Ellis Birch and the Clown at Burger World. I could yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: that yep. you, that one that one checks out.
1: <laughs> so Howard Morris is uh most famous for being Ernest T. Bass on the Andy Griffith show.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Um and he also was the voice of Gopher in Winnie the Pooh. Wow. That they really that's it's a well they keep going back to yeah i i'm okay with it because all those actors be friends um and they're all christians or yeah at least comfortable taking christians
2: money (laughs) me too i am very comfortable taking christians money join our patreon yeah um
1: (laughs) he also was um he also voiced jughead in all of the early archie series oh okay I never saw that yeah. did you nope i okay. haven't watched any any archie including uh whatever the current riverdale, one is. riverdale. or yeah, Sabrina. Seen... Well, there, there's a couple archie series going on right now right
2: well is sabrina the teenage witch a part of that
1: that is an archie comet like that's okay yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah.
2: i don't know if he... those are tied yeah. together in yeah, the same I, universe I across netflix and like cw right yeah,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know how how all that all that pans out, but uh, but it's uh, yeah, he was he was Jughead, um, and also, mm-hmm. so that this will, yeah, the, the, this will maybe shed a little bit light onto him playing Mister Clown. Uh, he was the uh, voice of the Hamburglar on McDonaldland, the McDonald's TV series.
2: Interesting. So they we have the Hamburglar. Voicing the yeah. is that what what came first, the chicken or the egg? In this situation, the hamburger came first. No, no, I'm saying why is he on the show to be the clown or to be Ellis Birch?
1: Yo, know, he's definitely on to be Ellis Birch. But then they were like, oh, what else could we have him do? Why don't we have him play the mascot at Burger World, a fast food joint that continues into the future of the show but has not existed up till this point.
2: Oh, that's worth noting. That's interesting.
1: And so Ellis Birch, Ernest T. Bass.
2: I didn't realize because Burger World is talked about pretty affectionately in the future. George Barkley does not like it. No, he
1: does not. Um, yeah. So so right. So he's famous for playing Ernest T. Bass. He is cast as a character named Ellis Birch. Almost the same. And then he also at the time was voicing the hamburglar. And they cast him as Mr. Clown. So, Stupendous. there's there's all that, <laughs> and there's going to be a larger. Well, I'm because we're covering him right now. We can get into the larger Andy Griffith show thing. Mm-hmm. So this episode is called Pokenberry Falls RFD."
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The RFD never addressed. What does that mean? So, so here's the here's the story. They. It it's a riff on two different things. So, Pokenberry Falls is a riff on Bedford Falls, okay, um, which is the location that "It's a Wonderful Life" takes place in. Oh. And we will get into everything "It's a Wonderful Life" in two episodes. I just I can't unpack it now, but there is There's a lot. lot there. Okay. So, but that's so that's where the the falls part comes from, mm-hmm. and then. There is a spin-off of the Andy Griffith show called Mayberry RFD.
2: What does the RFD stand for in that situation?
1: Great question. Is that reverend? Let me let me look this up. No, I don't believe so. Oh, great. Rural Free Delivery. Is that? It's nothing. It's it's literally nothing. They just tacked it on the end of here because they were like, haha, references. We've got someone from the Andy Griffith show on. And we Yeah. Ah, for A- the show for kids. <laughs> right. Well, and apparently, so the the according to the uh, the official guide, the town they were originally going to be the town they were originally moving to was going to be called Dry Point. Wow. No idea why. They explained that not at all. And then they were like, oh, we're going to do we're going to call it Bedford Falls Mm -hmm. because it's a wonderful life. And then um, uh, Chuck Bolte, uh, voice of George and EP on the on the show, could not remember the name Bedford Falls and yelled out Pokenberry Falls or whatever it's called during a meeting about the show.
2: And so that's
1: how it got its name? So they—that that is, according to the official guide, how it got its name. And then at that point, they hired um, Howard Morris and were like, oh, we well, already have Barry in the title. Let's just throw in RFD as a nod to him. And we'll also put in a burger joint so that he can be a McDonald's character in Odyssey. Wow. wow. Okay. That's a lot. So, so there is the context on both the name of the episode, the name yes. of the town, and the first of a
2: few cast members. That is some very strong... That's Is that confirmed from the guide, or is that headcanon? Is what... Part. What you were saying. Like so, the reasoning for the naming and all of that.
1: So the... Mayberry RFD is just speculation on my part. Okay, of like, where did RFD come from? Oh, Mayberry RFD is an Andy
2: Griffith thing, and RFD is, doesn't mean anything. Essentially, it's right. so the only reason it'd be there, right? Andy it Riffith doesn't,
1: right? From. It doesn't mean because that—that's—that's that's what sent me down the rabbit hole. Is going like, wait, why is the title of this episode "Pokenberry Falls RFD"? They never say anything about RFD. What is that about? And so Googling around for RFD and finding, oh, there's a there's Mayberry RFD, which is Andy Griffith and going like this show loves to reference Andy Griffith. They have an actor from From Andy Andy Griffith Griffith. playing on it, playing a character who has the same initials as the character that he played in
2: Andy Griffith. Do you think if I watch that show, I'll appreciate Odyssey as a whole more? maybe who knows the only one only one way to find out
1: yeah um additionally uh we have to be for me taking over the twitter and live
2: tweeting my yeah (laughs) feelings about the andy griffith show
1: bring it on man make make it your own um (laughs) we have uh joan gerber Is playing Mm -hmm. Vivian Birch in this episode. Okay. Uh, We've talked about her extremely recently, as in last episode, because she played Mrs. Erskine. Yep. And also Mabel and Miss Barfield, which we've talked about in the past.
2: Yeah, and um, also... Wait, did we talk about the fact that she sounds like the person um, from the Barkley family summer vacation one, where they get stranded in the middle of nowhere? I don't know if you remember that episode. I don't, but it wouldn't surprise me if she was in it. Oh, okay. I listen to that episode a lot and it sound her voice sounds essentially the same. So I suppose I could just check the wiki, but Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not
1: Uber familiar with that one offhand. So I'm sorry I don't have uh don't have more. Joan Gerber. Family Vacation part two. Yep, she's yep. in it. There you go. She's been in she's played a lot of different characters in Odyssey. Or I guess not a lot. She's played f- fourteen different characters, yeah. been in fifteen different episodes.
2: Wow. Really gets around. Yep.
1: Speaking of getting around, uh Amy Birch is uh played <laughs> by Alicia Anderson.
2: Um, hey, that's I oh boy. And she, she has, sounds like really hot. <laughs> and it, I looked her up and she is very beautiful. There you go.
1: And she has no other Odyssey credits to her name nor does she have an IMDb. Nope. So nope. this is it. She came I think in I found for two episodes looks like, to play Amy yeah. Birch, and Andrew maybe found her on Google Images.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I tried. I wanted to know. <laughs> uh, we also have uh, rounding
1: out our new cast for this episode, Pete Renaday playing Owen Birch, um, who uh, you get. So, so in this episode, he's playing the guy who is like kind of we hear in the background kind of going nuts and destroying the church. Mm-hmm. Pete Renaday also played Mr. Sneed, a man famous for, like, going, going mad nuts. and <laughs> destroying stuff in the Black Veil episodes.
2: Yeah, wow. So, apparently is that's okay? his
1: thing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's been in 60 episodes of Odyssey, mostly playing, like, one-off characters mm-hmm. and stuff, but... He's got quite a few. He also has, like, 150 IMDb credits for a lot of, like, video games, small voiceover roles. His only, like, big recurring one that I um, will draw attention to is that in he he was in the, like, 80s, 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles playing Splinter. Oh! Who's Splinter? Splinter is the, uh, like, rat who raised them.
2: Oh! Okay, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the... Yeah, because he's their, and
2: he's their trainer,
1: right? Like, like yeah. he's the yep. he's the Yoda. Yes, he, well, he's the uh, he's the stick. Um, because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is just like a parody of Daredevil, and the uh... guy who trains Daredevil is named Stick. Okay. So the guy who trains the Ninja Turtles is named Splinter. Wow, this is all completely new information. The to me. villains I didn't in that... Daredevil are the hand.
2: Yeah, they are the foot.
1: In Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
2: Wow. Yeah. I I mean, I can't be the only one who hasn't made this connection before, because I'm very aware of, like, the existence of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and mostly in the fact that they stole the names of classical artists. Um, right. <laughs> well, there's that as well. <laughs> Which uh, is not a Daredevil rift. That's
1: just a classical artist rift. Yeah. Rift? Riff. Riff. A rift in my heart. Oh. Uh and that uh that is all i
2: have context wise all i have i say that's yeah. so much context <laughs> just just uh just a, like a half gallon of milk worth of context yeah all right uh
1: promo
3: promo i think
1: it's promo time promo let's see how adventures in odyssey promoted this episode mm-hmm. It's a moment of decision for the Barclay
3: family on the next Adventure in Odyssey. Everybody's voting that George will take the pastor job at the local community church. But what about that offer from a small New England town called Pokenberry Falls? Will the Barclays leave Odyssey for good? Learn more next time on Adventures in Odyssey.
2: That was very gloomy.
1: It is. I mean, it's the end of an era. Like, yeah. it's.
2: There's weight to these episodes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, um. Wow. Yeah. I. It, it gives me very much like early 2000s, um. Like, ABC Family drama vibes. I don't know. Like, Seventh Heaven and, like, all those old shows that I never really, uh was old enough to understand but I was like I guess emotionally aware enough to know that sad things were happening a lot and it sounded like that. <laughs> yeah. And it was always like family goes and kids have to deal with the temptations of outside, you know, drugs and whatever which we'll we'll get into it. Oh, oh we will. Probably more next episode, but yeah. at least a little bit this one. We can we
1: can stick our toes in. So, yeah, the episode begins with a Chris intro and then a teaser that was extremely nostalgic for me. I was like, oh, boy, I why, why am I so attached to this teaser? Hmm.
2: I, I can't say that it had the same hit, impact for me, but, yeah, I get that. Me. I, I, I mean, the teaser for um, Snow Day, that's like, I could have that played at my funeral, honestly. <laughs> this is one of the things that Andrew loved most in this world. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: And then, uh, and then we jump in with one of the best Odyssey framing devices, which is the Barclays are not filming something. No, no, no. They're making an audio recording to keep their memory.
2: Yeah, I didn't think about that. Did, did they have a microphone? Yeah. They it's, must. Just
1: like, it's just tape recorder. Yeah. And, like as much as i just kind of crapped on it uh for the record i do have a cassette of my brother and i talking when we are like two and four. Oh yeah no That my parents recorded because we didn't have a video camera but we did have a cassette recorder
2: we me and my sister made like home videos on my grandma's uh i like she had a like an apple computer so they it had photo booth and we were like all about the filters and everything um because we would like do it in elementary school too and so like there are some really old videos of me and her just like wrestling and in um on vacation in like my grandmother's basement and stuff like that and it's really fun it it's really cute uh very very good luck charlie-esque very nice makes me feel good yeah and so
1: they're making, they're making an audio documentary for Stuart, mm-hmm. um, who is one. Yeah. So it, it, here. Okay. All right. Timeline we, 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 issues. We, we, let, let, let's do it here. <laughs> so this episode begins, like once we actually jump into the episode, mm-hmm. it begins with George graduating from seminary.
2: Yeah. They're telling the story. Yeah. Right. So Stuart is one. Mm-hmm. Stewart is born while George is in seminary correct when he's t- we don't know how is. so he's so in. so right so here here here's the thing
1: the episode the series begins with mary announcing to the family that she's pregnant
3: mm-hmm.
1: we can assume that she's like three months into the pregnancy because that's usually when you announce that sort of thing yeah I mean for family it might be a little
2: bit earlier, but yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean we we, we can extend it just for, for generosity's we'll say, sake. Two months. Sure. So yeah. so there's seven months. So from when George starts pregnancy George is pregnant <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> from from when from when George starts seminary mm-hmm. to when Stuart is born, we can call seven months. Yeah. Half a year and change. And that's and that is until Unto Us a Child Is Born. Mm -hmm. Christmas episode. So Stuart's born on Christmas. Yes. He then we then are a So he is now a year old.
2: Yeah. So it's a year after that. Right.
1: So we that that's what I was gonna say. Is so we can assume that Odyssey time is real time in this instance. Yes. Because he is a year old, and this episode is airing a little over a year after mm-hmm.
2: Unto Us. Meaning George graduated seminary in two years. <laughs> Correct. Like, Is that sh- normal, though?
1: <laughs> so here's my thing. My note just says, wait, so George graduated seminary in like two years max. Is that normal? Yeah. <laughs>
2: I I'm, I can't I can't tell if that's a master's or if it, I in my head it was always like a doctorate thing but seminary might just be a master's it
1: might just be a two year two year program
2: I th- I think we can Google this
1: no I mean I'll just we'll just call a uh, biblical correspondent
2: Drew, Drew Huber. Huber Drew what do you have to say Drew well. you're on the pod <laughs> call him up he's
1: not having lunch with his family it's fine. Oh. All right, we tried, folks. There's no way to know. There's no way. That's it. We just have have the yeah. It it can't be known. It's unknowable.
2: Seminary just lasts it's an amount of, of time. It's of the mysteries of God.
1: Yeah. All Ooh. right. So George graduates sem. Well, no, no, no. So so I want to jump back to the framing device now that we've gotten that whole thing out. <laughs> okay. Of, out of the way. No, no, because we we have to talk about a couple of things. One, just the the fun of. Just the, the the family dynamic being really good, yes. and Jimmy being like, Stupendous. Um, them, them explaining that like, hey, this is like, we're rec- like you're not going to remember this, but we're recording this so that you can look back at it sometime in the future, and, and Jimmy's like, or you just know which cassette to record over, Yeah, which I yeah, was like, yeah. <laughs> good joke.
2: Yeah, whenever, well, whenever you go to record, this will be the first one you pick. Yep. Um, Whew, back and in the, the day when you had to record over stuff.
1: Yeah, nowadays, you just delete it and you never look at it again. And sometimes you lose important audio files that way. I don't know what you're talking about. That's never
2: happened to me. <laughs> this is a completely strange thing and out of the blue that you are bringing up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, they uh, they reference uh, Pokenberry Falls uh, as, It's in New England.
2: Yep, because that's not a big area of, like, I Like, Northern New York is also New England. I just, I There's love... There's, like, eight states there.
1: <laughs> I just, I love their lack of, like, their lack of wanting to, like, tie down any place to a location. Like, it's yeah. like Odyssey is just in the Midwest.
2: Yep. It's in Illinois, kind of. It's Maybe. kind of in this, like, weird make-believe state. <laughs> yeah. That is Illinois. <laughs> Alternate reality where illinois is not real (laughs) yeah
1: i mean it might be illinois i don't know that that's that's our running theory on the show but it has never been addressed
2: no no and
1: sometimes they go to specific states sometimes they go to dc sometimes they go to the four corners
2: and alaska
1: and california but most of the time it's just like new england (laughs) the (laughs) midwest africa (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um and so yeah, it's just it's just the good old like characters recounting a story yeah. as like like the the narrative device is we're going to get transported back into the story but mm-hmm. the characters get to like interrupt and be like no 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 that's not what happened it mm-hmm. actually went like this like that whole thing which is just Always fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because George is is like. Oh, sorry.
2: Oh, I was just saying, their family dynamic is so good because these voice actors have been working together for so long. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, in in all of the sense where it feels emotional. (gasps) Wait a second. Wait a second.
1: Drew's calling back. Oh. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can now. Yeah. Hey. Uh. We. We. We had a. We had a seminary question. We decided to call you. You're. You're on the air of the Wad Fam pod Oh, great. How long does seminary last? Uh, Depends on what specific
2: degree you get. Um, What about just pastoral seminary? What
1: did he say? I'm sorry? He said if you're trying to be a pastor and don't have previous Bible college. Uh, You probably get an MDiv, which is probably four years if you're full-time, up to seven, eight, nine if you're part-time. Depends on how many classes you take, but... Definitely no earlier than three, and that's if you're going like really hard. Okay. Good to know. Thanks, buddy. Alright. Well, happy to help. Yeah. Enjoy your lunch with your parents.
2: Love you. Hey, thanks. Love you too, Andrew. Bye. guys. Right. I don't know if that's gonna how that's gonna come out, but that was delightful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: George maybe cut some corners.
2: Yeah. Also, I'm more qualified to be a pastor than George Barclay is at this point. <laughs> Anybody want to join my church? We don't meet because it's not safe to meet right now. <laughs> <laughs> woo Represent. Uh,
1: we are on Zoom. Yeah.
2: Zoom into me talking about God in my bedroom. <laughs> Once a week
1: for 30 minutes. There you go. Um, yeah. Anyways, the, uh, <laughs> so George's graduation starts with, well, so they, they, they try to jump into the story with George being like, it all started with a mysterious postcard and every, everyone in the family was like, no, no. it didn't. <laughs> it started when you graduated. Yeah. Yeah. And more like,
2: specifically when you went to burger world after you graduated. Right. Of which George really talks a lot of crap on he really burger does. world. <laughs>
1: Someone, I guess Paul McCusker had an axe to grind against fast food.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's like against God's will. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. How? Sure, it exploits cheap labor, I suppose. Yeah, which
1: you know, conservatives don't traditionally care about. No, but no. <laughs> uh, other side of the glass proved slightly differently. <laughs> Maybe they care a bit. Well, only when it's convenient. Yeah. Um. The. Which fast food always says. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> Amen.
1: So, so yeah, so they, it, it's the ceremony and everyone's cheering George on, mm-hmm. um, as he, uh, as he graduates, this is per the official guide, cause I couldn't hear this, but there are apparently a lot of references to people, gra- like the other graduates in his yeah, class yeah. are William Bailey, Ralph Emerson who's a, you know, famous writer, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Uh, We've got William Bailey. He's a painter. Uh, Philip Glassboro um, is a producer for Focus. Oh. Um, Clive Lewis, which is C.S. Lewis's first name. J.B. Phillips, who's a guy who, like, translates the Bible. I don't know. It was just like, (laughs) Focus was like, yeah, or, you know, the writing team was like, yeah, we'll just, like, name drop a bunch of random people in the
2: background because it would be funny. And, like, sure I mean I'm here for it it's kind of funny well it's more of a joke for them than it is for anybody else yeah no absolutely I think really yeah cool. I I like the little like
1: East it's not even like an Easter egg just like a fun like
2: nod Hmm. isn't is that the hierarchy that goes Easter eggs and then then nod yeah and then what's below nod hint <laughs>
1: yeah possibly subtext <laughs> illusion <laughs>
2: a mirage perhaps
1: <laughs> no, no not illusion illusion oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: so so they then go to burger world which george hates
2: yeah despises and and he's like oh we went because you know stewart likes burger world and there's lots of bright colors and everything and george is like oh, yeah, you know, he was having a great time because he wasn't eating the food and we were choking down these greasy burgers. I know, it's like so much and aggression. And he's so ungrateful. It was like, my family, I get it. Like, the first joke, it was like, okay, making fun of the fact that his family treated him to yeah. fast food. But mm-hmm. also, he probably ended up paying for it anyway. So, why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so it just... Right. The whole thing is...
1: is like, they're... They're all teasing George in a way that's really fun oh, about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and the, the joke is that like Stuart like they interrupt the telling of it to tell Stuart how much that how much he used to love Burger World mm-hmm. because there is a clown there. And I was just like, I was going like, why in the world does this fast food place have a clown? And then I remembered like, oh wait, no no no. That's actually like Ronald McDonald exists.
2: Was he always in the store? I don't think so. Okay.
1: But I was just like, it's weird that this fast food restaurant has a clown mascot. And then I remembered that, like, Ronald is a clown.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he really is.
1: He almost feels more like a mime. He
2: doesn't talk much.
1: But they've also really pulled back on the Ronald McDonald imagery over the last few years. He is terrifying. Like, (laughs) I think he was more, like, I... You think he was more prominent when I was a child? He has faded out of existence almost entirely.
2: Yeah. Mm, no, I haven't seen a Ronald McDonald in the ad in three or four years at least. Yeah. It's been a while. Um I are we just moving into a post-clown world? Like, is that one of those things that this age of humanity is leaving behind? <laughs> I'm I'm okay with it as somebody who's afraid of clowns. Oh. Hmm. Oh yeah. So if you want to freak me out, send me a clown in the PO box.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's really what we
2: need. Um,
1: <laughs> or just Photoshop Andrew to look like a clown.
2: That. Uh, I mean, if you do that and then tweet at me, I will definitely probably like it because you put effort into it.
1: <laughs> you might even
0: get a retweet.
2: oh, <laughs> my lofty like eight followers on Twitter. <laughs> And the funny thing is, they're mostly only from here because I don't promote it anywhere else, <laughs> and I enough. don't really participate in Twitter that much, in general. So
3: yeah.
1: Uh, all right. Um, so they George also reveals that uh, that he found out via Tom mm-hmm. that he's going to be recommended to be the full time pastor. Yeah and everyone's like oh that's so exciting like regular paychecks <laughs> right and he's like look look just just so we're clear like i'm even if they say yes i'm gonna be praying long and hard like i'm not just throwing myself into this mm-hmm. and then um yeah, they like, ha- sound
2: like such a pastor <laughs> i know and they're having
1: like this serious conversation and there is clown music in the background yeah
2: well I'll- I mean, we forget that the seed introduced. Like, there's circus music, and it's just the clown yelling, "Welcome to Burger World," <laughs> and it's uh, whew, it it's a it's a powerful image in my head. I will say that. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. Perhaps the clown is the reason I didn't re-listen to this episode
1: much. <laughs> hey, you never know. Um, so. So they, they yeah, and, and the other thing that he's talking about is like that Tom had suggested they take some time away mm-hmm. to, um, yeah, to, like to de-compress. just, right, just take some time off, enjoy
2: themselves, you know. You know, he just graduated yeah. seminary, you know. <laughs> in 10 years, 10 years of work in two years. Whew, right. He must be yeah. exhausted.
1: Exactly. um And so, uh, yeah, then the... Uh,
2: Right. I learned Hebrew in like a week. (laughs)
1: So Ellis Birch jumps in, Mm -hmm. and there's a problem, which is that he's being voiced by the same guy who voices the clown. Yes. And we previously had the clown in this. Yes. And I was convinced that this man took a gig out. As a clown, so that he could spy on the Barclays to offer them this job, and that is not what happened. And it is such a bummer.
2: I mean, he went to a lot of effort. He to come did. Down here. I feel but, like him getting a job wouldn't have been that much. Of right, a right, right. But like, I here I was
1: thinking like, like, oh, this man actually became the, <laughs> the clown, <laughs> like the clown at Burger World has been spying on them and in fact no it is just a guy who sounds like the clown at burger world who has been spying on them
2: yeah i had the thought that he had come in as like dressed as a clown to the clown restaurant and or like he was like the celebrity that wasn't always there
1: right he was impersonating yeah mr clown yeah
2: essentially the clown's name is mr clown just like try yeah i mean with all these name drops you could have gone with Clive the Clown or something like that. Like, he could have done anything.
1: Yeah. Um.
2: Ronald McBurg World. Yeah. So, Ellis... Ellis has followed them from Pokenberry Falls to Burger World to give a sales pitch, essentially, which he does later, um, for George Barkley to be the pastor at this church in pokeberry falls yeah. what is it? For,
1: first church of pokeberry falls yes he's the representative for them he wants them he wants george to be the pastor he decided to stalk the i guess he went to the graduation mm-hmm. and then decided to stalk him to and his family to burger world and stand sit in like the booth behind them and just listen in all the conversation
2: and then pop in at the right time is this is what people did before the internet because that's, that's a lot scarier than just, like, yeah. I don't know, checking their Instagram or something. Well, he had
1: previously <laughs> sent them a
2: postcard, uh, which they ignored, thinking it was junk mail. Because it was from somebody they did not know with it's... zero explanation. Right.
1: Right. So so the, George invites him back to the house. Mm-hmm. We should point out that... Uh, He's
2: wearing a fishing hat, yes. I would like to say, with lots of hooks and lures in them. Uh, yep. That is fleshed out by Jimmy, thankfully. Yes. Um, and and it, very suiting. his very New England.
1: <laughs> right. And his family, just in general, is not... Uh, like, George's family is not super into this guy. Like, we don't get Mm-mm. good vibes
2: from no, him. No, no. Well, especially because it's coming off the tale of literally, like, the storybook ending, which is him becoming the pastor in the church that his kids grew up mm-hmm. in and he's invested so much in this town
1: mm-hmm.
2: so yeah also
1: what happened to reverend pastor
2: he died apparently i don't know
1: like right like <laughs> dude, what, what happened <laughs> is the man dead did he just decide ah, i need to step out of ministry because are like i'm not doing great It wouldn't have been that hard to
2: throw it in.
1: What (laughs) happened? I know the man doesn't have a name, but you could at least do us the courtesy (laughs) of saying what happened to him.
2: Yeah. Uh, Well, considering he had a heart attack. (laughs) Yeah. I just wanted to take some time off and be with his family. Uh, My guess is that's the the route that Odyssey would take. Yeah, probably. maybe, Maybe the man lost his faith. Oof. I mean, sometimes when you step beyond the curtain, you don't like what you see. That sounded very focus of me.
1: (laughs) No, it didn't. It sounded like you were referencing like a Western.
2: (laughs) A Western about dying and what you see on the other side of death?
1: (laughs) Have you watched The Ballad of Buster Scruggs?
2: No, actually.
1: You should. Is that what it's about? It is a series of six short films all about death in the Old West. Directed by the Coen Brothers. Wow, that sounds delightful. Okay, I... and streaming on Netflix. There's my plug this episode. There you go. And my plug is Dylan's plug. <laughs> um so yeah. So then they go they go back to the house. Alice is like, "Oh, like, you know, we haven't had a full-time pastor in over 2 years, mm. you know, we found out about you through like a cousin of someone who lives at the like someone who goes to the church has a cousin in Connellsville who saw you preach one week and you're the last person on our list. So we decided we'd reach out to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, hey. yeah, it's a stretch, but at least they explain it kind of. Yeah. And, and it, it fits, uh, Ellis's character to be like kind of long winded and rambly and like anxious and how he over explains things. Um, yeah. So yeah. it's, it's he, not bad. He's
1: also, he's, very cagey the mm-hmm. whole time mm. oh gosh because yeah. like he's trying so like he pulls out a bunch of postcards to show them pictures of the place and they're
2: like black and white pictures from the 50s yeah and the family's kind very radiator springs yes oh yes yeah, like yep. oh this town used to be oh. awesome and then they built an interstate and nobody came here anymore
1: you just nailed it
2: <laughs> wow yep yeah okay yeah.
1: No it, analogy it's, it's, is it's, ever going to get
2: better than that. It's Radiator Springs, but, like, if one company came in and took over all of it. Right. Because <laughs> that is It's the Radiator other big...
1: Springs if, like, Dynaco took... A... No, wait, what's... No, it's not Dynaco. By and large. By and large is what I'm going for. By and large? By and large is the massive corporation from WALL-E that just <gasps> oh, owns everything. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, man, love WALL-E. What a film. Poof. That'd be... I think more people should watch Wally. That's my plug for the episode. <laughs> Amen to that.
1: Um, so, yeah, he's he's talking up this place, and they're like, oh, is it that? Why are all the cars from the 50s? And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, these pictures are kind of old. And they're like,
2: oh, is the town actually in color? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Did, then, did you upgrade to, to color for black and white or whatever? Because right. Jimmy's riffing on it. Yes.
1: Jimmy's jokes are actually really funny. Yep. I feel. We've talked about that a few times now, but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And then Ellis is like, "Oh, yeah. Well, like, I'll fly you out to Pocumbarry Falls. Like, mm-hmm. we can go next week. I've got the, uh, you know, I've got the company plane from Barry Lionel, who mm-hmm. owns the town. Fancy guy named
2: Lionel. <laughs> yes.
1: Barry Lionel. It doesn't get more like, pretentious oil money yeah, than yeah. that.
2: Yeah. Uh, so for like, you know, what is it uh, Penny? Moneybags or whatever What's the What's the Monopoly man's name
1: Oh yeah What is the Monopoly It's, it's like something Archibald Moneybags money Yeah I think it's
2: like that <laughs> real Real much Um Yeah Uh <laughs> No Penny Penny Moneybags Is uh That's that's some New Odyssey stuff Where Penny Penny gets a part of Like a young living Pyramid scheme
3: <laughs> Oh
1: Yeah I mean I wouldn't put it past faster. Um, <laughs> so Ooh, hate
2: on young living. Well, I we mean a little hate on pyramid schemes. Pyramid schemes, thumbs down. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So, so he's like, okay, yeah, we can we can fly you out. I'll stick around here if mm-hmm. you know you guys want to take some time to decide. No, no yeah. thing. We you know pay whatever you want to go. Trip. We'll like, go. <laughs> yep. Um, and as they're walking out, he there's a like George is asking him questions and he's like, ah, oh, what denomination is the church? And, and you just hear how Ellis very quietly say, um, oh, well that's kind of up to the pastor. Yeah. Which is funny.
2: Yeah. That was really funny.
1: <laughs> um, it also, uh, I, I, keep, I keep stumbling over this, but his name is Ellis Birch. Mm-hmm. Elliot Birch is Nick's dad in big mouth.
3: Yes. <laughs> It Ooh. is
1: two letters different, and I keep
2: making that mistake. Wow. That is a powerful... I really hope he does... El- Elliot Birch is quite the character. <laughs> so is Ellis Birch. Yeah, that's that's fair. Very different characters, but characters
1: nonetheless. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then then we've got this conversation with the family where Donna's mm-hmm. just, like, digging her heels and is like, yeah. you know, why... Why are we even teasing about this? Yeah, like why? Why is my why is George even entertaining this? Like mm-hmm. we're not doing this. He's already got the perfect job here. Like it, he's leading this man on. What's up with that? And Jimmy's like, I don't know. I I like I kind of want to go. Like it would be fun to like ride in a rich man's plane. Like yeah, Jimmy's he... Jimmy's such a kid. Mm-hmm. Donna's such a teen. It's really really well fleshed out.
2: Yeah. Well, and considering that like. There's a lot of times where those lines are blurred, but the importance of, like, the age difference between them is so important later in the episode when it comes to, like, Amy and everything Mm -hmm. that it's really cool that they can establish that early on.
1: Yeah, and Mary has, like, a very neutral position, which I can appreciate, where she's like, look, I don't want to rule this out, Yeah, but, like, she's not, like, gung-ho about it, nor is she, like, digging in her heels. Why would she? She just had a
2: kid. Like, and they're... Like we said, there's, like...
1: Right, she's not gung-ho, but she's also not, like, outwardly upset by the idea, which I appreciate. That she's just taking neutral and sounding it out. And uh, uh, taking it like an adult. Yeah. Um, Give give Mary more to do, please. And then, right, and you hear uh, Donna just being like, yeah, there's no... There's absolutely no reason to go to Poke... Like, we're not gonna go to Pokeberry Falls. Cut to
2: wrong. Yeah. (laughs) no yeah there's um and george is defending it saying is that is
1: modesty is the best policy the other one that has george saying wrong like that
2: wrong yeah i think that's like a teaser for modesty is the best mm -hmm. policy yeah i i i believe you are correct please is is, is this his
1: catchphrase does this recur
2: well, I mean, you know, when you're the supreme authority in a household and you don't really have to submit to anybody, you can just say stuff like, You're wrong and not have to explain yourself.
1: <laughs> he does explain himself. There, oh no, he does. Least. Like it's yeah. But but it is also very wrong. Much just kinda like, We're going. <laughs> like, yep. So so yeah, he they're gonna leave on Tuesday. Alice is gonna stick around until then. Uh Connie and June are taking care of Stuart, yep. which is nice. Yeah. Um
3: this is and cute.
1: George kind of explains himself a bit, where he's like, "Look,
2: are you not supposed to take babies on planes? Is that like bad for the baby?"
1: I no, I think you can do Especially, babies he's on year, I think, yeah, I think Baylen, it's bad for the the plane, but they just don't want to be dragging around a very young child for that's this vacation like yeah. that. Yeah. And what, the the Johnsons are taking care of uh
2: I'm my family's weird because my sister took my nephew to South Africa when he was like a year and a half.
1: <laughs> I know, I was there. <laughs> um the uh uh um Oh, the Johnsons are taking care of uh normal.
2: Yeah. Um and
1: so yeah, George just gets to explain himself a bit here where he's like, Look, this is like the only church in Pokenberry, mm-hmm. which like is compelling
2: yeah it's significant that like it is that's a pretty big deal in in this argument because i think what ultimately ends up like swaying them is the position of being able to shed some good and be really the only light
1: odyssey is already a perfect christian town yeah especially now that they've gotten rid of dr
2: regis blackard yeah like yeah and pastor reverend finally kicked it like (laughs) they
1: have multiple churches if they don't like if george doesn't take it there's a million people who could step up and take his place Mm -hmm. like this is yeah i don't know and he's just like it's like there's it's not like doing the obvious thing isn't always doing the right thing Mm -hmm. is what he says and then it's also just like a, there's a no downside to us going. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we give it it's an not, opportunity. It's not going to cost us anything. We can go out there for a couple days. You know, everyone's able to get off work. We can arrange care for people. And, yeah, let's just go.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so they get on the plane, and the plane is not what they think it is. <laughs> Six-passenger Cessna. Yeah, it is uh, apparently not great. And we get this conversation between... Um, uh ellis and george were kind of ellis is explaining a little bit about his character and he gives this big fancy title for what his actual job is but he's 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 lionel's gopher and it's kind of funny because you know he's voiced by this larger than life kind of character and
1: this larger than life character who played gopher oh Uh uh-huh
2: wonderful (laughs) (laughs) even more jokes (laughs) wow this this episode is rich we could just keep digging i didn't i didn't mean to cut you off there no no like, it's you, okay that was worth it
1: you set that up too well anyways continue
2: i i, I don't he, think i can He's being
1: played by this larger than life character
2: oh no i just think that it's it's cool because it fits this like odyssey pokenberry doesn't feel like a real place in the way that it's described because it's this super vague thing that's not actually real and everything. And, uh, and Ellis represents that really well. Mm. Um, and so yeah. I, I appreciate that. Yeah.
1: Well, well said. Thank you. Um, yeah. So they, they get to the, the place, land at the resort. Mm-hmm. The resort is very impressive, but then yeah. they kind of drive around the town mm-hmm. to get to the Birch's house, um, where, uh, we have an amazing scene of Elliot or of Ellis introducing um, his wife Vivian mm-hmm. um, and also his granddaughter Amy, Amy, who, after a lot of yelling, comes out. Yep. And Donna interrupts to fill Stewart in on what's going on here. Yeah. And it's great.
2: Oh yeah, because they're they're like glossing over, it and Donna's like. We can, you know, we can agree that, that Amy is really beautiful. Like, one of the prettiest girls I've ever seen. And uh, Mary chimes in. And is like, yeah. To which I'm like, wow. Interesting. Okay. Well, and George says something about it, too.
1: like. Does he? Yes. Okay. They all chime in to talk about how beautiful This 16-year-old is. is. Yeah. That's not uncomfortable at all. Is she 16 or 17? She's less than 18 because she talks about, like, as soon as I'll turn 18, I'm moving away. I'm, she can drive, I so she's at least 16. Yeah, my guess could, is
2: 16. Okay, But she, maybe that's just because I'm negatively predisposed towards 16-year-olds in general. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just think it's a bad year. <laughs> and
1: so, yeah. So, um, anyway, so Donna interrupts to tell Stuart, like, so you got to understand what's what's about to happen. Like, she's very attractive, and so Jimmy has to, like, is that And that explains why Jimmy, like, stumbles over himself here. No,
2: yeah, he walks, he in, goes to introduce himself, and his tongue essentially falls out of his mouth. Yes. <laughs> he's just like, da, 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 I believe he says, <laughs> measure to pleat you? Yeah, me- me- uh, it's my measure to... <laughs> and George chimes in he's like, steady son. <laughs> and I just and then Ellis is like, oh,
1: yeah, she tends to have that effect of- on, on boys. boys. And I'm just like... Man, this is Ooh. like... this. Yeah. Is this
2: girl, like...
1: I don't know. How may, hot is she? He
2: grew up with sisters, and she's presumably the same age as Donna. Like, yeah. right. I get it. You come from the middle of nowhere, but, like, this I'm This is sure the middler he, of
1: nowhere. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and she's not from here, so I guess that means have she's you, also hot. Have you ever had one of those, like,
1: cartoon, this person is so attractive I just lose myself over it moments?
2: no yeah i haven't either no i'm i don't know i always just it to like i'm a goofball all the time (laughs) so (laughs) if i lose my composure that's just kind of me being me (laughs) so (laughs) uh, um, yeah i mean that's that's fair (laughs) that's that's always been my approach but granted my success with women hasn't been great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I've... I've well. So what you're saying,
1: like, a, raci- a relationship can't actually be good unless you, you know, unless your mouth falls apart when you look at them. Uh, I guess
2: the only way to f- find out is to find somebody like that.
1: Okay. Got, uh, Chuck Squad, I'll, I'll put it up to you guys. Find Andrew his Amy.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> find somebody... Hashtag... So hot my tongue falls Andrew's out of my... Amy. Find it. <laughs> Going on Twitter. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Why doesn't Dylan have an Amy? Dylan could have an Amy too.
1: No, you no. Know, this is this is a specifically Andrew thing. That's fair. Also, I would like to point out a problem that I feel in mm-hmm. casting Amy. She sounds too much like Donna.
2: Yeah, that's fair. But serves to benefit my attraction to Donna, though. <laughs> it
1: just. Yeah, it just feels like a misstep when she speaks initially. Yeah. Like, it could just be Donna.
2: Yeah. No, that's fair. They, there, there's no, I mean, New England accents are pretty thick. I'm not going
1: to lie. Well, and she, she moved there recently. But the, like, it could, like, it was, it was first that, like, the first time listening through, I was like, oh, it's going to be one of, like, she sounds very similar to Donna, but maybe, mm -hmm. maybe she's just, voice is another character in Odyssey that I'm thinking of yeah um and then no 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 she's
2: nope. this is so all listening done. through
1: the second time I was like oh no this <laughs> is it they just cast someone who sounds a lot like donna
2: yeah this person's uh claim to fame is being like the hottest woman in the Odyssey universe <laughs> right
1: yeah
0: and the um,
2: Christian uh in the Christian conservative universe which means she's probably wearing like a tube top <laughs> That didn't cover her belly button.
3: <laughs> was the
2: belly button pierced? <sighs> uh well, you know, events of the later later events in this episode would lead me to believe that she does worship Satan, and that is the mark of the beast. So <laughs> <mumbles> Really? I thought that was septum piercings. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh, the bull joke. Uh oh. I swear I don't worship Satan. I just oh. listened to that one mountain goat song ironically.
1: <laughs> uh, Alright. Um that joke for nobody. For the John Greens listening. Um <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> no. So they're then explaining um, that, uh, oh, the, the, Vivian explains that they're going to, that the Barclays are actually going to stay there with them. Mm-hmm. Um, Donna can sl- sleep in Amy's room, Jimmy on the couch, and the Mary and George get the guest room, which is a very clean working out of oh, where yeah. people can stay. It's great. And, um, and a
2: very, uh, I don't. I don't know what kind of person goes immediately into that analytical way of thinking as far as, like, where's everybody going to stay? I know. We'll just explain it right away. <laughs> yep, that would be me. Yeah, um, me too, actually. And
1: so, yeah, they, they this is, this is because they haven't finished putting the pipes in the parsonage. Yeah. <laughs> because they were doing plumbing work, and then it's like, no, it's the pipes. They are not in yet. And then Donna's like, "Wait, doesn't have plumbing?" And and Elliot's like, "And and Ellis is like, they no, they have plumbing.
2: We just took it out." Yeah, and it's I'm like, part "Of the remodel, <laughs> okay." I,
1: is that supposed to be a lie or a joke?
2: My i my thing was this parsonage was in such terrible shape that like. It was probably just a repurposed old building so there was like if it if it functioned before it it wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: Um oh, and the other thing we should note is so the reason that the granddaughter Amy is with them is because both her parents died in a car crash. Something uh, that is just said real quick. Yep. <laughs> because we just needed an explanation. Yeah, this it this is-
2: episode is full of strangely specific stuff like like the model of her car yeah Um, well
1: i we i've got a note about that but so i think the reason i don't know i think it's this classic trope of the in like odyssey and other conservative media and just like it's just the thing of like if there is a girl who is acting out mm -hmm. her parents can't be good people yeah. So like the like like we see later with Erica. Yeah. Where like her dad sucks. Yeah. And that's why she sucks. And so if you have someone who is, you know, an influential person in the church who is good, they can't have a rebellious daughter. We talked about this with Preacher's Kid. Mm-hmm. So they do the sidestep where they're like, this isn't their daughter, mm-hmm. this is their granddaughter. Mm. that's how we can get away with the fact that she is rebellious and not have to hold them accountable for it huh it is like it's a trope that comes up a lot and so i just wanted to draw attention to it here of like yeah that's really
2: an unfortunate excuse that just like not acknowledging the complexities of mental health and instead we're just like oh yeah her parents are dead (laughs) <laughs> right, well,
1: right. It's giving it's giving her a reason to act out. But it's also getting them off the hook as though they would be, you know, held responsible and, like, shamed yeah. for raising a daughter who acts out. Yeah, because and so, no... Because that means that, she's, that they're not good parents. And if they're not good parents, they shouldn't be, like, high members of this church or whatever. And it's just this yeah it's this thing yeah, 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 right yeah, yeah. but but like it yeah it, it sucks but mm-hmm. it is kind of the reality of what we're dealing with here and like the way it's going to be portrayed yeah of like obviously we're not like my stance is not like oh if this was their daughter and she was acting out you're right they shouldn't be in the church and they yeah. these people would be horrible like no you can You can have, you can have, like, a...
2: Well, didn't they just do that? Didn't they literally just do that in the episode where... Creature's Kid? Yeah. Yes. Where Uh George defends Donna being not perfect. Correct. And
1: that is the point I'm trying... That's the thing I'm pointing out here, is that, like... Dare we use the H word? Hypocrisy. (laughs) Even, like, a year ago in the show, they addressed this in, like, we don't need to have, like our people don't have to be perfect in order to be pastor's children, mm-hmm. which was written from a really good place. And we loved that episode and what it had to say. Yeah. The problem is like, now we're back on just kind of the default lane for conservative media,
2: which is, and,
1: and so it's just yeah. like, this is, this is just like, this is how you, this is the thing you default to. Yeah. Like it's, it's the, nobody made a choice. They just went, Oh, she's going to be the grandkid to explain why she's this messed up. Yep. Without bothering to think about it complexly and think about the greater implications that that leads to and what it means to be, like, doubling down on that trope. They were just like, oh, this is how, like, we reconcile this quickly and efficiently. And what it actually results in is just this quick line about, like, oh, yeah, her parents are dead. Yeah. This is our granddaughter, and it's,
2: and I don't super remember. It's it's all the sales pitch. Right.
1: And I don't super remember the next episode in detail. Like, there's a chance that maybe the death of Amy's parents is explored a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I would love if we could come back next and be like, okay, like there was a little bit more purpose than that. Mm -hmm. But at least with the context of this episode, it just feels like the trope of we have to show that these people are good, even though their child is not. Yeah. So we're going to distance them from her. Yeah. So rather bad for
2: the parents and the child. Right. And
1: there's also an element of like maybe they wanted Ellis and Vivian to be older. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know there's it it feels like the reason amy's not their kid is that so she can act out without there being repercussions against
2: them and yeah. that sucks yeah it really does also well said Thank you. <laughs> so,
1: um, yeah. So then uh, Ellis reveals like, oh, he's got this full itinerary. Yeah. Um, George will get to meet the the deacons on Wednesday. We should be tomorrow and then preach at their Wednesday service. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I'm going to take you guys all around to show the town. And Amy jumps in and she's like, well, why don't I show Jimmy and Donna around? Yeah. And Ellis and Vivian are like, oh, no, 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 absolutely not. And George is like, actually, no, that'd probably be good for them to like mm-hmm. go around with someone their own age and.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and we get this really cool. um, Well, before this, we get the joke about uh, what is it, Ellis's model teeth collection? Mm. It's actually like right here. Yeah. So they.
1: So they jump out of it back to the modern day just to, like, fill in a little bit and mm-hmm. talk about, like, how eccentric these people are. And, you know, Ellis has a model collection. They were model teeth. Well, his father was a dentist. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just this funny thing. And Donna says, like, it felt like we entered the Twilight Zone, which is fun nod. Nod. <laughs> also, I don't know if you have this problem, but... Now, in normal conversation, when I try to
2: say Twilight Zone, I say, I say Twilight like yep. nine times out of 10, and it makes me sad. Yeah, no. Uh, either that or I always make the conscious choice to add the G H T and drop the F E. <laughs>
1: like, it, right. It's one of those things where you have to, like, think about it, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's
2: okay. I mean,. If that's n- the worst Henny outcome the chicken. of this
1: show, I think we're doing
2: fine. <laughs> Henny the Chicken is such a great joke. Mm-hmm. So so they're talking about going downtown. Yeah,
1: well, so 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 we then... Right, we then follow along with Alice, who takes them first to the resort. Mm-hmm. And then, like, George is like, yeah, like, this is cool and whatever. Like, it's really nice. But, like, we'd like to actually see the downtown. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, boy. Like, yeah. no thanks.
2: No. Oh, that's not going to be good looking. Why yeah. don't we show you some other stuff? Um, yeah.
1: And then... um, And then they finally get it to happen and they jump out of it to be like yeah we could tell like why he was so resistant and i'm like okay i'm glad that like they're picking up on all the weird signals he's dropping because it is one of those things where it's like i can't tell if this is something right i can't tell if this is something that we are the as the audience are supposed to notice but like the characters in the show don't and no they're aware of it too this is Um, good and so yeah he or no mary says like, you know, the town died and the Lionel Resort lived on. A castle on the edge of a wrecked village. And George is like, well I'll put, it, Mary. And she's like, thanks, I was practicing. Yeah, I yeah, know, it was such a
2: great line. And honestly, it's very interesting. Like, the this—the town dynamic is is very interesting. Because this, this one guy that has a ton of power over everything. Like, he has this massive resort that is... You know, frequented by rich people who are wanting to escape, um, you know, like, escape their city jobs mm-hmm. or whatever. And big bands play there. Yeah. I
1: couldn't tell if that was big bands, as in the genre of music that is big band. Yeah. Or if that was large bands, Probably as in popular both. ones. Yeah
2: my guess is if it was big in the 50s big bands did originally play there. i know that's
1: that's the thing is it is i was like i was like is this gonna be one Green of those day went there one time well is this gonna be one of those things where like ellis is trying to talk it up and he's like oh yeah big bands play there and it's like just there's like a local band yeah it's a big band and they count that
2: <laughs> that would be hilarious i, I mean it's... part two
1: Please, please deliver us on that one. So, so the, yeah, so they're driving through town, and George point, points out in a moment that I absolutely hate,
3: mm-hmm. talking
1: about, like, the disheveledness of the town. He's like, there's a lot of signs for the Un- unemployment and the social service office. And I'm like, whoa, George, remember two years ago? Yep,
2: when you, you were there. You remember
1: two years ago when you went to the unemployment office in an episode we didn't cover, and
2: maybe we should have? You remember that, George?
3: Yeah.
1: You
2: remember? I don't think he does. You think you're better than everybody, huh? Like it's because you flew here on a plane. I was just like, whoa.
3: Yeah. Whoa. Also, and what we're
2: we talking about the social services with so much negativity. They're right. so
1: important. Yeah, but it, well, yeah, but it's that it's the same thing. Like we talked about when we talked about the visitors with Libby, where yeah. we're like, oh look, this family is like the perfect homeless family. Yeah, and like, and it's just that that the kind of snottiness that conservatives have towards people who are in bad positions where it's like Well we will just be, make better decisions. Right. Make better decisions. <laughs> do do more work work harder.
2: Yeah. You know, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. There's <laughs> you know, no institutions that we, are predisposed to make things harder for you. No,
1: absolutely not. You know, as as Christians we're only called to be charitable to those who, you know, uh Oh, I guess no one, because everyone can just make it better themselves. All right, never mind. Yep, we're good. Cough. Thank goodness just this thing only, isn't
2: any more inconvenient.
1: Yeah, only, only donate your money to uh, mega churches. Focus on the family. Yep. Those are the two options. Like, write your check out to Joel Osteen. Mm-hmm. Send it to uh, Focus on the Family. There's still time to get in your end of the year donations. Yeah, Joel Osteen will I got, give it to the GOP for you. Yeah, I got. I got to focus on the family email that was like, hey, you can give us your tax deductible donations up until a certain date. And I was like, focus. I hate you so much right now. Yeah. <laughs> can we Are not?
2: Peddling for money in the middle of a global pandemic. I know. I know. Oh, That's fun. Just, yeah. I. Yeah. It's Yeah. I mean, I. I can't believe we still make this show with how much we don't like Focus on the Family. Yeah, <laughs> but that being to. said, we do love this show, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, we do get a name drop of Darkness Before Dawn, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> because, I'm glad
1: you noted that too.
2: Yeah, because that was that the previous album or the yeah. one before it. Yeah, Jump. Yep. <laughs> it was like, huh?
1: Yeah, okay. it's it's truly the last album, and and Alice is is like is they're, they're, talking about like, oh, like Pokeberry Falls is gonna start like getting better. It's honestly it's the darkness before the dawn for Pokeberry Falls. And I was like alright, Ellis.
2: We Named, get it. Yeah. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, we got and he's, he keeps bringing up the fact that there's six different new developments that are coming in and yeah. stuff like that. Like that's the big trope right. that Ellis is holding on to for his sales pitch is like, right, stuff is gross now. But yep. Lionel has all this money and people are going to be developing houses and stuff like stuff yeah. will be happening. Right. And so the majority of the townspeople work at a plastics factory. Yep.
1: Um, that makes like the cases for computers and also keycaps. <gasps> yeah. Um, as Amy will point out later. Um The there's the tourist season is just kind of off and on, no real discernible point.
2: Yeah, no identify. are like, oh, so when do the tourists come? Is this the all he
1: well? Because he's like, he's like, yeah, it's currently the off season, and George is like, oh, when when's the on season? (laughs) No, there's really no
2: identifiable (laughs) time. Yeah,
1: (laughs) like, oh boy, that that's what
2: made me think Radiator Springs. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, and then they go visit the college. There's a uh, small private school. Private? I don't know. They like to think it's Ivy League because <laughs> yeah. it's got Ivy on it. I'm like, oof. Because <laughs> it's um, disheveled. But there's like, it's t- 1,200 students, mm-hmm. roughly. Um, there's yeah, that's a... Like roughly the size of LBC. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, not a terribly small school. Yeah. Um, they have, uh, what, the, the church sits on the church campus mm-hmm. or on the college campus rather yeah. and is like that's where church or that's where college chapels being held mm-hmm. um Mr. Lionel is very insistent upon you know chapel yeah um Whew. and that would and George is like oh who leads oh, that and he's yeah. like oh you would if you took the job like that's part of it didn't i tell you
2: yeah yeah um, yeah my favorite trope <laughs> yep mm-hmm.
1: and they they cut out to say like and the church like really is beautiful
2: yeah oh yeah amy is i'm sorry not amy mary is talking about how genuinely pretty this church is and like they're talking about the diamond in the rough yeah they're talking about the the prettiness of the surrounding area and Mm -hmm. like as somebody who really thinks that new england at certain times of year is beautiful um i have been to boston in the fall and it is delightful uh you know so that that kind of warmed my heart a little bit yep um, and then, uh,
1: right. And then we cut, we cut away to Amy yep. who is taking, uh, Donna and Jimmy to the falls in her, seventies uh, Pinto. No, nineteen
2: ninety seven Pinto. No, 1970s Pinto. Oh, I looked up the 97 Pinto and I was like, wow, that's a nice car.
1: <laughs> so, so Pintos in the seventies, this yeah. is, this is a car being manufactured by Ford. Yes. Um, they are, My dad what? had a Pinto, I think so pintos famous for uh being lemons Mm -hmm. so a car that breaks down Mm -hmm. and their go-to feature was the fact that if you hit or if they got rear-ended they could burst into flames
2: yes yes and they're fun looking cars honestly i i love how they look i've thought about buying a pinto so many times I mean, I don't have the money, but I fantasized many, yeah, many just, times.
1: Just don't get, uh, just don't get rear-ended. You're
2: good. I mean, I've never been into a car accident from behind. <laughs> it was just the, the one time, and it was front-on. It was a telephone pole, so I would have been fine. A one-sided telephone pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the it was the right side. It was it was all the. The panel's on the right side of the car.
3: <laughs>
2: so, yeah, they then, they go to the
1: falls. Yes. Which is a pipe that pumps water into a cement tub. Yep. The real falls went away when they put in the factory.
2: The plastics factory. Yep. ay And then
1: Donna and Jimmy are both, like, really thrown by that. Yeah. And bummed out. And then they're like, look, is there anything here? And Amy's like, no. Yeah. I'm stuck here until I turn 18,
2: and then I'm getting away. Yeah, she doesn't have a choice. She is a... My note is, Amy is such a downer. A hot downer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's... um, It's a pretty... It's a really tough, tough scene, especially for the kids, because they obviously came, came here with some amount of disillusionment of what it was going to be like because of what uh ellis had told them and kind of giving them reason to hope
1: yeah but but it also should be pointed out like donna jimmy is very much has an optimistic outlook on mm-hmm. this like going into it yeah donna is looking for every excuse to hate the place
3: yeah
2: yeah and so they found somebody that sounds exactly like her and then it's just the voice inside her head telling her everything is actually wrong yeah as what the the line is used it's it looks like it's a pretty tombstone on a ton of graves essentially Mm -hmm. like this town is just dead there's nothing good here and uh you know it might look nice sometimes but it's just full of deadness yep which is really tough and i feel like there are a lot of towns that i've been in that kind of resemble that and Mm. uh it's uh, an unfortunate reality
3: yeah
1: Oh, man. Maybe we
2: should plug the food bank again, Dylan. <laughs> I mean,
1: it never hurts. Yeah. So we jump back to Mary and George and Alice and Vivian, and they're at the church, um, and they start to drive around to the front, and then Vivian's like, oh, we should turn away. And George is like, no, like, let's, let's just go look. Yeah. And uh, there's police lights on mm-hmm. and someone making a ruckus inside. Yeah, can um, you
2: hear the yelling at this point? Of like, because you can hear the yelling and the breaking from outside the building. Um, uh huh. Later, yeah, it, it it
1: feels like a Black Veil. Yeah, which is just the same
2: same same actor, which is just weird. Um, before oh, I guess the Black Veil sounds like this because this came first. Correct. Correct. So. Maybe the Black Veil is an homage to this. Aha! Uh-huh. Maybe, uh... Is that the Step Below Nod? An homage?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, may- maybe Pete Renaday just really likes breaking stuff, and so they always pull <laughs> him in for those scenes. We need
2: somebody to break something. We need
1: someone to yell and smash things. Oh, okay, I'll get Pete on the phone.
2: Yeah, yeah he's always down for a good
1: smashing. <laughs> So, yeah, so they reveal that, like, Owen has locked himself in. Like, Ellis gets out, talks to the cops. Owen locked himself in the church and is throwing Mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, Ellis is like, all right, well, I'll take care of it. You can go away. And Mm -hmm. he gets back in the car. And George is the biggest narc in the world. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he really is.
1: He's so insistent about, like, why don't you just have the police handle this? This guy sounds like a madman. You yeah. should have, you sent the police away. What are you doing? And I'm like, they're, they're doing this to force Ellis into the position of admitting that Owen is his brother. Yeah. But I also think any circumstance in which, like, it's a known entity and you can, and the people can handle it themselves without the police getting involved,
2: that's what you want to do. Yeah, especially if somebody's mentally unwell. Um, yeah. That's... Actually, it's, I've it's heard like something it, very interesting that there, there are police forces being trained to um, de-escalate, especially for mentally handicapped people, like uh, people with autism and stuff like that. Um, like, they have to handle the situation completely differently, which I think is very really yeah. cool. I uh, agreed. Need some of that in Pokenberry Falls. That's for darn sure. Yeah,
1: well, and it's just... Right, so it's this thing of, like, I don't know. It, it's it's a small town. Like, they mm. all know each other. Like, yeah. It's weird that George is like is, like... Why are you sending the cops? Like, he's so on edge about it. I'm just like, (laughs) buddy, like, you know, they've got it under, like, I, I, I personally would trust Ellis if he said, I've got this under control to, you know, have it under control.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And well, and Ellis, he seems calm. And the way that the cop talks to him, I was like, oh, clearly this is a reoccurring thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I guess
1: George doesn't get that, but it is just funny how like.
2: How negative he is. And how insistent. Yeah. Just, and and is is the where the scene ends, is Owen um or Ellis admitting that Owen is his brother?
1: Correct. He says like he he's my brother, like he can't break stuff at his like he doesn't he's 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 not at his house anymore to break stuff, so mm-hmm. he's here at the church or yeah. something. Yeah. Um and then they they jump back to Amy and Jimmy um and Donna mm-hmm. Um and are kind of talking back and forth and Amy, you know, references her friends, you know. Yeah. One of them named Scotch. His real name's Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, wow. I wish I had a friend, Kevin, who I could just call Scotch and confuse him. Um, I don't know any
2: Kevins. That name really must have died out. Yeah, I think it did. Um.
1: So, yeah. And then, and then. um, They're talking. Amy's right. So, talking about well, is like, like, oh, do they, those kids go to the church? And she's like, no, none of the kids in Pockeberry go to church. Yeah. And then Jimmy's like, oh, you know, is is Scotch your boyfriend? And she's like, no, I would never date anyone from this town. And Jimmy's like, oh. Jimmy's initially just, like, happy she's not dating. And mm-hmm. then is like, oh, shoot. If uh, she won't date anyone from the town and she'll only date me if I'm living in this town, she's not going to date me. Ah, uh, shoot. Have you ever been there, Dylan? Has that ever happened to you? The, 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 the catch-22 of... I'll only be with her if I'm in the same town and she won't date anyone in her town? Yeah. No. Oh, that's unfortunate. Does that happen to you, Andrew? Wait, it's unfortunate mm. that it hasn't happened to me?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I would say that...
1: that I I'm mean, got, it's, a
2: summer, it's a summer camp thing.
1: Ah. Uh, yeah. yeah. See, see, I never had a, I never had a summer camp romance. Ugh, which is, I've had too many. <laughs> I mean, that that surprises literally no one. Nope. So, yeah. And then... Yeah, there's there's that. Um, there's also j- just then Donna jumping in again to be like, "You're so attractive." And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, All right, I'm just see, gonna say this I'll again. I'll it. We're just right.
2: gonna. <laughs> yeah, I ship it. I ship it hard. We go. We go, Damie. We go, Damie this time. Uh,
1: and then, um, and then, uh, j- Jimmy like doubles down and is like, "Yeah, you could be like a model," and I'm like. All right, Jimmy, chill.
2: Keep it in your pants. Come on, <laughs> come um, on, get yourself together.
1: Come and on. And then Amy's like, "Well, let's have a good time," and whips out a bottle of alcohol, presumably scotch, but I mean, possibly. We don't know. Head cannon is, uh, is that her her not boyfriend Kevin, who goes by Scotch,
2: buys them scotch. Yeah, It's a know. different kind of plug. But ums. <laughs> what? Yeah, a uh, plug is uh, slang for like somebody who buys you alcohol or drugs.
1: Oh right, okay, yeah. no,
2: no, no, sure. Yeah. Well, well, well done.
1: Way, Thank way you. to know the street lingo, Andrew. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's what I'm good for. Uh
1: huh. <laughs> Whereas I don't break the wall.
2: <laughs> I feel like I know for a fact that is not true. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um.
1: So, uh, so yeah, and then. Uh, just as things start to get good, George interrupts and says that they are out of tape. Yep. Classic. And Jimmy's like, ah, just when it was getting good. Yeah. And I love it as this little framing device. It's just, it's a clean way to end the Oh, it's such a good way. And
2: it's perfect to end a two-part. Or, like, like, like exactly. a exactly two-part. Right.
1: Because... Everyone listening is having that same yeah. response. Like, it's Jimmy gets to be the audience surrogate in a yeah. way that's really fun. In a way that, like, Chris sometimes is in the mm-hmm. outro, but this time we get it to be Jimmy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Any other, I don't know, anything else we want to hit on from this episode? Just general thoughts and feelings? Uh,
2: I. You know, I liked it. I think it's, it's interesting, the kind of world building that they're doing, um, you know, writing off these characters is really cool. um, But also hard because it's kind of a dissatisfying ending for me as far as what I would have chosen. But um, I'm, I'm curious to see. You'd how rather just have them like fade into obscurity. Yeah, than, yeah like... I, I mean, I, I, just... <laughs> I like
1: that it has a that it has a firm conclusion. We don't get that with other characters in Odyssey. Oh, yeah. No, no,
2: They're that's why I'm thinking that. that it would be uh <laughs> better if they just Made it all uniform, but it's also cool. Like, like
1: if they had characters who faded out and then popped in from time to time, it would be one thing. But the fact that everyone just has a hard out, yeah. Then I'm like, I'm happy that the like, like Jack just Mm -hmm. stops showing up in episodes and it's never addressed, or like same thing with Lucy. Like any Mm -hmm. of those characters, they just like eventually age out of it. And it's not like they're ever acknowledged as still being around the town. Like, they're Mm -hmm. just gone. There are new kids now. And so I like that with Donna and Jimmy and the Barkley family, like, they actually give them an
2: out. Yeah, well, they invested so much in their family dynamic.
1: Right. Well, and it's also the thing of, like, they're a family. Mm -hmm. So even though, like, so the reason, and this is in the official guide, and also, like, obvious if you listen to the show, but, like... The target demographic for Adventures in Odyssey is like 8 to 12. Mm-hmm. So if they are going to... Like, once the kids start being teenagers and having teenage problems, they write them off. Mm-hmm. But all of the prominent adults get to stick around because... Their voices don't change. <laughs> well, because Right, because they're not... They don't have to grow up. Like, they're yeah. essentially the same person continually and so you would have this weird thing of like we no longer want to tell stories about you know donna and jimmy but george and mary are still big characters in the town george especially so they really have to like he's the one he's the one character who has kids and his own stories so okay, that makes a lot of sense. Like the later, we get Ed, mm-hmm. and they do a similar thing with the Washingtons of kind of bringing their story to a close. Yeah, by moving them to Connellsville, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, we get like that. Just is yeah, it makes sense. It's the it's the like, I don't know. It yeah, it,
2: it it's cool. It yeah, it's it's interesting how they make these people more increasingly human. And that in some ways takes away from the show because the show itself is not really set up that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is very beneficial for these characters and like for the audience because, you know, this is the first family. Like this is really cool. Um, you know, going all the way back to album two. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to part two and for, uh, the pokemon berry Christmas episodes. Cause I don't really remember those at all. So this is going to be uh it's been a fun series so far. I've had a lot of enjoyment in it and um, I'm excited to see how it concludes. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else to add? I, I don't. So,
1: so yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I mean that, that's, that's where I'll leave it. Anything you're plugging? No. Uh, do you want to plug the food bank? Yeah, yeah, we can, we can. We'll, we'll put. We we did this, I think, back with the visitors. We'll do mm-hmm. it again here, just as we touch on themes throughout this episode. But I'll put a link in the show notes for um, just like the I don't, National Directory of Food Banks or whatever it is, yeah. and kind of find the place near to you and donate if you can. And yeah,
2: yeah. it's it's winter time. There's a lot of needs. It's cold and uh, canned goods and stuff like that. Especially with COVID, they go a long way um i've tried to participate in the past in what little ways i can uh but yeah every every little bit helps so yeah yeah do it for the
1: pod mm -hmm. and now for some shameless self-promotion yeah we have uh two new reviews that i'd like to read uh, both five stars coming from uh paper and pencil who writes a uh, great podcast? I love hearing other opinions about Odyssey. The podcast is great entertainment and conversation for anyone who's familiar with AIO. Oh, yeah. thanks, guy. Thanks, paper and pencil. And then we also have one from OddHayerFan, fan who says, Good podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just it makes was me shy. happy.
2: It was pointless. I yeah. loved it.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, uh, if you would like to leave us a review, if you do it in, on Apple podcasts in the U S or Canada, we will see it. Mm-hmm. If you do it elsewhere, just tweet at us or DM us on Instagram or send us an email or something so that we uh, know where that review is so that we can, uh, read it off and, and talk about it here on the podcast. It makes our lives brighter and we'd love to shout it out. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Very much appreciative. Yeah. Um, and
1: then, uh, other shameless promo here at the end uh as always the merch store is in full force Mm. um but i wanted to point out a fun thing that if any of you guys are ambitious uh you can go for so uh we recently got our uh T public status upgraded from uh, user to affiliate, Aye. and so one of the fun things with that is that we can feature other people's designs in our store. Oh, so if you do adventures and odyssey or Wad Fam Chalk Pod related artwork, and upload it to T public and put it on products. Uh, Contact us in one of those ways, and we will put it up for sale if we like the design, and we probably will. We've got low standards. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll put it art. up for sale See in like in it. our in our store so that uh
2: you can get a little bit more eyeballs on that. Yeah, that's fun. Just another way that we uh we can work together and yeah make this space a little bit more fun. Right. Exactly. We're
1: we're we're trying to be a community here. Yeah. We don't just want it to be Andrew and I preaching down from on high because nobody wants that.
2: No, no. And I don't feel for particularly high currently. So,
1: All right. Uh, so with all that being said, we're going to be back next week to talk about episode 341, Pokenberry Falls RFD Part 2.
0: Bye, guys. Bye. WantFam Chalk Pod is a presentation of the Lititz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or focus on the family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at WadfamChockPod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at WadFamChalkPod at gmail.com. Hokenberry Falls RFD Part 1 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Savo, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the WODFam Pod.